Shana Tova. Try it again. Shana Tova. Ah, we're here. We're alive. And you know, your cell phone's not on right now, right? Because I acknowledge that we live in an app-based world for now. It's an amazing contemporary convenience that with one press of a button, we can leave our reality. And lately, I've wanted to leave reality <laughs> and be enveloped by our favorite things. Think for a moment about what your favorite app is. Is it Netflix? For us, the New York Times mini crossword puzzle, we do it every night. I do have apps I go to all the time. But there is this one I'm always glad to have dwelling like an elementary school lost and found on all of my screens. You might think it's religious, but the icon says it all. Find your phone. <laughs> yes, an app that recognizes that eyes, that I, and especially those I love, Rabbi Beth. She has, I mean, we have a tendency to lose that which is precious and essential to us. We lose our keys, the book we're reading, and even the device that organizes our lives. But what, with one push of a button on a screen, we can be reassured that that which we've been seeking all the time has always been nearby. Wouldn't it be nice to have a button you could push and find yourself? They don't yet have an app for that. But this beautiful Jewish tradition, which created these holy days beginning with this era of Rosh Hashanah, well, it has right now this existential seeking as its very intention. These yamim noraim, these days of awesomeness, they make space for you, if you'll use it, to consider essential personal questions. Where are you now in your life? What have you yet to do that is meaningful? What that is precious have you neglected or even lost? As we enter this Jewish New Year, Instead of celebrating and popping that proverbial bottle of champagne, we hesitate as Jews and we consider, am I the parent or partner, child or friend that I want to be? Have I had the courage in times of challenge like this one to stand up, have my voice be counted loud and clear against sexism, anti-Semitism, racism, LGBTQ discrimination, Islamophobia, global warming, all the pressing concerns of this day? Or have I lost my best self in my desire to enjoy passing and what I know are really inconsequential blessings, shutting out or ignoring the pain around me 
as I think about those fun things I could be doing instead. In the ancient city of Yerushalayim, at the Temple Mount Plaza, the spiritual center established by King Solomon and enlarged by Herod the Great, the Talmud tells us that despite not yet having apps, they did establish a particular place where if you lost something, you could go and try to find it. They called it the Stone of Losses. Tanu Rabbanan, our rabbis taught in Baba Metziah 28b, whoever lost an article repaired there, and whoever found an article did likewise. The latter stood and proclaimed, and the former submitted their identification marks and hopefully received it back. Try to envision that place in that ancient city with people calling out what they've lost and found. We imagine them seeking the tangible garments, accounting scrolls, a red coin purse. These are things the Talmud describes. But there is a deeper sensibility in the tradition's call to look for what you've lost in your life at the spiritual center of Judaism this gift that's been given you. Come to a place of holiness. Come here and seek the misplaced intangible. Here you begin that process if you open the gate of the heart to search for your sense of self and perhaps rediscover your real purpose in life. That's the work we do these high holidays. In a poem, Ted Carmi put it so beautifully, he wrote, it's called The Stone of Losses. He wrote, I search for what I have not lost. For you, of course. I would stop if I knew how. I would stand at the stone of losses and proclaim, shouting, forgive me. I've troubled you for nothing. All the identifying marks, I gave you a white forehead. A three-syllable name, a neck, a scar, color and height were never mine. Be kind to me. I didn't mean to mock you. I know that there are people here wretched and ill-fated who've lost their worlds in moments of truth. And I search for what I have not lost for that name, neck, scar, and forehead, white as stone. Come search in a place of holiness, Carmi implores us, teaching this Talmud so well, and understand you must look for what you have not lost, but you must look for what was always in you. In modern Jerusalem, one can still seek that stone of losses. I wonder if the stone is not in the square in front of the wall, nor near the cardo built by the Romans, but up on top of the mount at that great stone called also the foundation stone. That stone under the Dome of the Rock is where the world, according to the Talmud, first began to come into being. 
That stone is where Adam was created, the Midrash says. It's the place where Avram, we will read tomorrow, brought Isaac and changed the direction of world religion, thank God. When he abandons human sacrifice and instead realizes that we can show love of God by loving life. It is there that Islam teaches that Muhammad took a magical flight to heaven on a horse, leaving behind a new gateway to monotheism for so many believers. And so above it, they built that beautiful dome. It's our profound blessing, we 21st century Jews, to be able to visit that old city we don't have a magic horse, but you can take the Dreamliner with United. It flies nonstop from here to there. It's amazing. Having wandered for 2,000 years and suffered and wailed, you can walk confidently up to that wall and fill the surface of the Herodian stone or even wander up on the mount itself, though Jewish tradition discourages this out of fear of stepping on the Holy of Holies. But our tradition teaches that you need not go to Jerusalem to connect to the holy. When we come to pray, when we open our hearts in places like this, we need no dreamliner. It's as if we're immediately at the stone. Here in this place, at this moment of prayer over these days, we can call out what we have lost and begin to sink, seek what we need to find. But what do we expect to experience when we approach a holy place? In the hubbub of the modern wall, some feel profound connection as they come close and put a prayer in the crack. Others come away feeling numb, disconnected from this thing, Judaism. Is this really it? I sometimes worry that in making pilgrimage to the stone, whether in Jerusalem or in this very room, we fail to search below the surface. We fail to push ourselves to seek that which we have lost inside of us and mistakenly leave with nothing or the wrong thing. It happens in your spiritual searching. In their great haste, for example, those secularist Jews who led the miraculous renewal of our people, Zionist visionaries like Ben-Gurion and Golda Meir, God bless them. But they came to the stone and they saw it just as a stone. They did not retrieve their Jewish spiritual identity, but they walked away only with an embrace of Jewish nationalism, sanitized of any trace of Jewish meaning. They're contemporaneous pioneers, religious Zionists. They came to the stone after 2,000 years of longing, and in their haste, they failed to retrieve Jewish ethics and a belief in Jewish diversity, but instead found power in the spiritual vacuum created by the secular Zionists, and so claimed it at the expense of all other expressions of Judaism. And that has injured our people. And in our haste, as Reformed Jews, 
we who have gone in such great numbers, well, we forgot to retrieve the depth of what it means to be Jewish. We were awed by the surface of the stone. And we left with a Jewish identity understood only through the prism of the Holocaust or Zionism. We celebrate an Israel that arose like a phoenix out of the ashes of the Shoah. But we also forgot to seek a sense of Jewish obligation, of commitment to ritual, to Shabbat in this synagogue, to serious learning. And now we worry that our children may not want to go to the stone at all, despite all the efforts of Jewish day school and religious schools and camps. We have our work to do. But fortunately, the stone remains. And one can go encounter it in a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, or one can begin to seriously look here in this holy place. For the stone of losses is as it's always been in our wandering, in every place where Jews truly start to seek. The ark behind me, like in so many synagogues, represents that call to elevate the self, to make your way up the mountain of being, and discover, as Moses did so long ago, that this profound ability to lift up meaning in our lives and be better partners with the holy, it's not in heaven or across the sea, as Deuteronomy reminds us in Yom Kippur, but where is it? Point to your heart. It's always been within us. And that's the challenge of 21st century progressive Jewish spirituality. It's to draw your heart back to this process of searching in this place. No longer turning God so easily into a straw man knocked down like a sixth grade philosopher. But realizing that your Judaism is different that it understands the divine presence is manifest in you all the time. When you connect and inspire yourself and empower yourself to engage to do good and utilize your amazing capacity to bring healing to a broken world, you are the miracle. And when we are together and work as Mignon, we inspire that miracle to bring change. And does our world need change right now? Are we living in the happiest place on earth right now? We're in a time of challenge, of confusion, of essential disappointment. I hate reading the paper for the first time in my life. And this world needs us as Bay Area Jews to begin searching again at the stone, not to turn away from the problems, but to be inspired to help solve them. This time, this amazing moment in Jewish history, it is our time to find out what has always been there. Our holiness, our power, our hope, our capacity to repair the whole world, to bring tikkun. You know, the prophets of old who built the intellectual foundation of Reform Judaism, we stand on their teaching. They inspired us to pursue justice, 
to speak out forcefully and loudly as Jews against the idolatry of power. And it's that example we can follow as we think about confusion here in America, in Israel, and in ourselves. In this time of rancor, when hate that we thought had been pushed down below bubbles up again, inspired by the stone, we can find our voice and not remain silent or hope that this moment will just pass. But in returning to the stone and drawing on the holiness, we can find the courage to say no loud and clear to the haters that pull back the power of racism by unmasking it in all of its forms. We can acknowledge the oppression against people of color through the power of a state that throws away the key and leaves young African Americans to languish in prison for petty crimes when we know if they were white, they'd be freed. We can speak out against a power that separates families who've been contributing to our society for years while we take advantage of their labor as they raise our children and clean our houses. But then we deny them any avenue to citizenship. It's 21st century American slavery. By challenging racist readings of history, we Jews can make a difference. Racist readings that try to call Civil War traitors heroes, that tries to mask hate speech as if it's a means of protecting freedom of speech, but then encourages neo-Nazis to intimidate all of us, even in this city. No, we Jews, we Bay Area Jews, have to challenge the new anti-Semitism and racism and hatred in all its forms. And we can be more effective in this community as we challenge racism on the internet and in the halls of power. As it was for the prophets, it's in our spiritual seeking and in coming back to the stone that we renew our sense of purpose and revitalize our capacity to do this holy work of social justice, letting none make us afraid. We need to come back to that stone and rediscover our purpose. And we know that's not just true here in this country. In searching at the stone and connecting with Jewish meaning, we can find our voice and out of love truly begin to talk about Israel in a new way with Israelis. They need our help being re-inspired to be an or goyim, a light to the nations, which is what the stone tells us why Israel exists. They need our help, the Israeli majority, in turning back an extremist minority who embrace a triumphalist Zionism that refuses to compromise, but is willing to treat Arabs and reform and conservative Jews as second-class citizens. Just as we defend Israel's security, which we're committed to in this congregation, we can also do better by standing with Jewish heroes like Anat Hoffman, who works at Women at the Wall and Gilad Kariv, the head of the reform movement, who will be speaking in this congregation in a few weeks, they work every day to make Israel that light, 
to make a pla it a place where all our children will be welcome, where our rabbis will be accepted to do the acts of engagement of Torah that Israelis are thirsty for, but we haven't done enough. And there are movements now amongst the extremists there to try to deny Jewish identity of people they've always already admitted as Jews. Have you heard about this? Look it up. It's happening because of an unfettered power on that right. So what can we do if we partner with the Federation in this Bay Area? If we partner with the JCRC, we can begin to change the dialogue in Israel and engage who we need to engage the secular Jews who are sitting in cafes in Tel Aviv and in high-tech labs who want to come to the Bay Area and work with us. And we can reopen the gates of connection that may lead to a healing of the Jewish people and may open that gate to peace, even though we're still waiting for partners. Let us rediscover the value of Jewish pluralism at the stone and let's not pretend that it's not our problem too and that we, some of the most creative Jews in history, can't help bring solutions. But to do that, we have to come near the stone in the synagogue too and renew our commitment to Jewish learning, to studying Torah, to being in prayer and Shabbat together. Rabbi Beth and I are starting our fifth year in this congregation and many more of you are coming Friday nights. But it doesn't look like this. And it should. <laughs> we have to bring ourselves together to stand with each other, religious or not. And we have to invest in this synagogue and make sure it's more welcoming to large groups and small groups. We have to invest in this place where people do come to search and can truly seek. And we have to be that place where lost things can be found as we manifest that holy stone in our midst. You see, at the stone of losses, the challenge is not simply to walk away. Our time to bring renewal to our people and to the Jewish world. And so we come to this place for what we have not lost. But oh God, we come to find what was in us all the time. For hope in humanity, for belief in ourselves, for renewal of our spirit, that we may bring blessing and peace into a world so much in need of our voice, our engagement, as proud Reformed Jews. Shana Tova Umituka.